When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to First Time Dads. I am Richard Innes. And I'm Steve Mile. Uh, and this week we have a special guest, uh, children's book illustrator and writer John Bond, whose new book is called, first book is called Not Lost. And it is about a little rabbit called Mini Rabbit who wants to make a cake with his mum, but is lacking a vital ingredient and goes on an adventure. Now, if you want to find out what happens, you should buy the book. But John, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Tease, welcome, yeah, to, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thank you it's very much for book. having me. We love it. Um, my little boy oh, picks it you. off the bookshelf and wants to be read it in the evening. So that's the best endorsement you can get. It as a totally kid. is. Yeah. Um, if the kids like it, doing something right. Exactly. Yeah. But you've got kids yourself. So tell us about your kids. Uh, so yeah, I have two kids. I have Evie, who is seven, and Otto, who is four. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're both at school now. Yeah. Otto's a young starter. So he turned four in August and is now thrown in oh wow yeah right so and his biggest. class is actually a mix reception and year one okay. so it's kind of like big boys wow, yeah. i mean some if there's like the eldest in a year in year one i guess they're like going to be pushing six yeah, yeah. Like yeah a t- right, and a two-year yeah. difference at that is, yeah. is phenomenal massive, like yeah. but we were definitely not in the kind of thought process of like keeping him at home yeah. or in nursery for okay. another year we were like you're ready to go. Yeah. You are ready. Dive in, sink or <laughs> swim. He learned, you go, son. he learned enough from Evie. Like his vocabulary and everything, at, uh, so even at two, was more developed than Evie's yeah. was at that. And I swear, it's just he's he's picked up so much from her. He's coping with it all right, as far as we know. And you're yeah. coping with it all right. You're a bit ahead of me and Rich in the, the fatherhood yeah. game. Yeah. So we're, we're like always curious to hear about what we've got to come. Yeah, I mean Otto has been. In fact, both of it, Evie and Otto have. Um, sort of seeing some of the other parents dropping their kids off in the mornings and the the kind of typical sort of hanging on to the yeah. mum's or dad's coats yeah. and like don't let me go maybe a couple of occasions i've had evie sort of in tears because something's upset her a little mm. bit um but then a, a cuddle and she's normally off and fine with it do you know what that's um, actually quite reassuring because my boy ben has started nursery relatively recently last couple of weeks yeah. And obviously you get that thing where you first, the, the drop off and the, the sort of face crumples and the lip comes out and then the way it ends. That's you, right? <laughs> yeah, that's just me, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's, he, the first few days was, was you know, full on wailing and now it's just kind of mild tearfulness. But it's actually quite reassuring to know that that continues through for most kids into school age, you know, because you almost kind of think, There's, well, when's he going to shake this off? When he's, when's he going to be happy to drop off at nursery? And maybe they're never entirely happy at the start of the day when you drop them off. You know, maybe that's just normal. And actually they just kind of get, get into it as the day goes on. I mean, I think there's a kind of, there's a nice balance somewhere in the middle because now Evie is almost like, yeah, see you later. And it's, uh, can I get a good, no, sorry, she's, oh, she's literally the other side of the playground. Yeah. Otto is now at that where I kind of like walk him in because yeah. he's, and it's like, see, but even he is like, I'm like, give us a high five or something. And he's just off, off in, drops his off. book bag off. He's, I don't need says you hi anymore. to his teacher. I'm like, yeah, all, all right, right, then I'll walk to work. That's a terrifying prospect um, about them not needing you anymore. So when they're that kind of like 
yeah i don't need you i'm gonna have a great day yeah it's a little bit like oh that's quite sad it's yeah. a bit of a kick in the teeth isn't it and, and then there's yeah on a couple as i say on a couple of occasions where the like evie in particular has just been a bit upset and that's really hard to let them go off and but she's had some really nice friends that rush up to her and give her a hug and then they lead her in and it's like that's the cool thing about them going to nursery or school is that you they start to build a little life away and there's that revelation i found with jackson at nursery where you realize stuff's going on in his life that you don't know anything about up until that point you know everything that's happened to them whereas when they're at nursery all day you kind of well what's what's happened what you might get a little bit of feedback but um yeah, I mean, the the feedback, um, I don't know whether your nurser is, like, give you a kind of A4 printout of where they've written on it of oh. number of toilet stops today. Oh, no, we, we don't get much. Had, we don't get, I, I get, we have this tiny little jo- um, kind of notepad and it's literally kind of breakfast, lunch, tea, how much, did, how much they ate and then how much they've slept and that's it. Right. Which I find oh. a bit. We we can ask for more, you know, they've got all the information about how yeah. long he slept for, what he had to eat, whether he had seconds and stuff like that. If you ask for it, and they, you, it depends on what sort of day he's had as to whether or not I get asked for more. But we're not at one of these nurseries where they s- send you like app updates throughout oh, the right. day. Yeah. Does that, does that exist? yeah, they send you really? pictures of them throughout the day yeah. of what they're doing. I mean, we've not had that at um, the nurseries, but school, there's the thing called parent mail and, and tapestry learning where I think that's more just in reception, possibly year one as well, where the teachers are kind of constantly going around the classroom, documenting on an iPad or something like what they're up to and then writing little reports and grading that against the curriculum of like that today they have actually shown good kind of counting abilities and that's quite it's such a frightening insane workload for the teacher and the teaching assistants you think to do that on the sort of class of 25 30 kids day in day out is Mm. yeah when do they do any teaching you do kind of think they've got that to do and i mean i think everyone knows how time consuming kind of updating your presence on social media and things can take you or just do a post on it and then you're like editing it a little bit and doing a bit of a write-up and so for the teachers to do that and kind of bear in mind every single individual child's kind of Mm. skill level and whatever and Mm. We've spoken about this on the podcast before, about this idea that you should, there is a point perhaps you should just let kids be kids and not be like too, like hands on, like in, you know, not in their face, but like just over monitoring, monitoring them. Um, I mean, as an adult, I'd hate that. You know, if someone was like that close marking me in my life. Mm. be horrible wouldn't it I'm still I'm coming more and more the more podcasts we do and the more different people we talk to about their experiences or, or experts in certain fields the more I'm coming around to that idea that kids are who they are and I think it's actually quite narcissistic for us to think that if we're right on top of them and if we're kind of monitoring everything and if we do then we will be the people that will turn them into these great adults that they will become whereas actually the more we talk about these things the more I realise Kids are who they are, and they will probably become who they will become. And that your job as a parent is simply to help them along the road. It's not you're not shaping them, you're not molding them, you're no, not, but you're not turning them into these perfect little humans. No. You're just helping them to move along in life and be as good as they can be. But, but we constantly, I guess, make adjustments in our own life because we think somehow that's going to improve the kids' lot. I mean, we were talking before we started recording, John, about like you know 
the possibility of people moving house yeah. to give kids more space and like you know, living in London, Rich and I have this conversation, and lots of people who live in cities do. You live by the seaside, right? I do, yeah, in Worthing. So um, have you always lived there when you had kids? Uh, yeah, so we had Evie, um, yeah, we've lived in Worthing now for 12, 12 and a half years. Okay, okay. Um, we lived there for, uh, so, car. Maths as an artist. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so Evie is seven. But I guess like five years okay. um, of living on our own okay. and kind of still just having a nice kind of... Are you from there? Uh, I'm from like Gloucestershire okay. originally in the sort of a farm in the Cotswolds. Um, and then, yeah, university in London, then back to Gloucestershire for a little bit. And then my wife um, grew up down in Sussex like near Chichester okay. and we both moved to Brighton yeah that was kind of we were there for a couple of years and then the kind of house buying kind of yes. came up and it was mm. like well we can't really afford much so by space wardrobe wise. in Brighton yeah. yeah I mean we had a one bed flat there and we could have afforded something like that and it's like well we had we discussed like getting married at that point we weren't quite I do uh 12 years I'd ago, proposed yeah. Um, when we were on tra- away traveling just after we'd been in that flat in Hove. Um, and we also knew that kids were like a plan that both we were both keen to have kids mm. fairly soon. Um, so yeah, it was like, well, we can't really afford anything that's going to be worth bringing a kid up space wise yeah. in Brighton or Hove. So we just moved our search out a little, but still staying mm. by the coast. Um, and Worthing at the time was um, what you could get for your money was amazing mm. and we were just like oh incredible we got this think- lovely little two bedroom fisherman's cottage oh, just off the seafront great um, and yeah. I think we stayed there until Eve was about two um, by which point the t- after the two year p- gap we were like mm, number t- if we're going to have a number two yeah. and try for like let's maybe look at moving house as well now and yeah. scaling up yeah so we moved inland a tiny bit just to get more garden yeah. parking space all that kind of so your kind of your kind of house move history if you like <laughs> has kind of gone alongside your family planning in a in a, in a sense which i think a lot of people do yeah. don't they you have, because yeah. that's one thing you have to consider if you're if you're having a family and if you're then going to have a second kid and third kid and whatever you have to consider the space don't you yeah you I have guess, to make sacrifices i guess it's a balance isn't it i mean if you I'm sure there are people listening who are like, right, I'm resolutely going to stay in London and we're, re- we're going to live in a flat because we want our kids to be in London in this buzz. Yeah. Or Manchester kind of or stuff. Liverpool or, yeah. or Newcastle yeah, or yeah, any yeah, other yeah. of the many but, cities across yeah, the country. Sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> but no, I know what you mean. Sure, no, but yeah. I mean, I'm talking about, how, I mean, I think London's distinct in the house price, isn't it? As opposed to Manchester. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I would say yeah, that probably yeah, like, yeah. you know, family home in London is more expensive than a family home anywhere else in the country. Mm. Yeah, I, that's fair to say. Yeah, um, but did you, when you were making that decision, was there like because if you lived in Brighton for two years, you know Brighton's great, it's got lots going on, buzzy. Yeah, that, and then you find I don't know Irving particularly well, but the impression I get, imagine twelve years ago, it wasn't necessarily. Well, yeah, I mean when we moved there, we kind of felt like the. My wife is also um, an artist. Okay. She teaches art at Northbrook College and studies sculpture at uni. And um, for us to both move to Worthing, we suddenly felt like the only two creators walking. <laughs> it was like, 
Wow. It was like compared to yeah, Brighton, where yeah, you're yeah, just yeah, like yeah. one of, like, yeah, I don't know, yeah. particularly in the lanes and stuff, you don't stand yeah. out at all. Yeah, like, like the way we dress. And, artist, whereas yeah. in Worthing, it was like, yeah. there's either a lot of people in, like, this is going to sound extremely tiring, everyone's people in tracksuits or whatever, or people on mobility wagons. <laughs> <laughs> and it was if like, you're we listening were, to this and you live in Worthing <laughs> and you'd like to remonstrate, <laughs> do not contact us. <laughs> Track John down on social media and yeah. please let him know. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I think you've just described an awful lot of towns across the UK. I have, have. yeah. Tracksuits or mobility scooters. I think, I think most people were the, like consider it to be a, a place where people go to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, There's I, a lot, there are a lot of old people there. I mean... Yeah. But um, that's seaside, isn't it? That yeah. That kind of faded seaside. And there's something quite nice about that. And yeah. I mean, there definitely aren't as many uh, mobility wagons around. <laughs> Anywhere I think, else, that I think cruising up and down the seafront. I think it's an interesting point, though, yeah. is that you do have to give up. That you know, to, uh, on I think Steve and I have both talked about this, and you know, we both live in London with with young families, and have both, and you know, my wife and I have talked about moving out as our family expands and all the rest of it, moving out of London into into somewhere a little bit where we, where you can get more for your money, and it, what you do end up sacrificing is that potentially that kind of city life or the the, the kind of life you lived before you had a kid. And then you end up living somewhere where, you know, maybe it is tracksuits and mobility scooters. Maybe there aren't artisan coffee shops. Maybe there aren't as ni- many nice bars. And maybe there, aren't, there isn't as much going on. But that's, that's the balance, isn't it? And that's why you end up, well, actually, you get a garden and you get a nice mm. size of house. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of part of the, part of the I think almost, it, but for a modern father and, or for any modern parent, I think that's almost part of the journey, isn't it? For most yeah. people, really. Yeah. It's certainly if you live within an urban area initially. Yeah. I mean, it felt exciting going to Worthing and well, first and foremost of like have owning our own house. Yeah. I mean, that was incredible, and it was so close to the beach. And it We've was got just stairs. idyllic. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, I suppose we were sort of feeling a bit of a um, we're missing out on the kind of things that we the perks of Brighton, so the artisan coffee shops and the nice. Bars and sourdough as much sourdough as you <laughs> cram in your Hessian bag for life. Somewhere in Worthing and say sourdough twelve years ago. What the? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but then typically, like, so we lived at that house for, uh, I guess, eight years, and about a couple of months after we moved inland, slightly, the first kind of, I suppose, like craft beer pub opened up. Literally, okay. it would have been our local. It was like. What are the chances? Yeah. <laughs> and now in the last five years, like it really has kind mm. of um, just an influx of young parents mm. moving over from Brighton for exactly the same reason as us. Yeah. Like, can't mm. afford to buy anywhere there that's big enough to sort of bring up a family yeah. and mm. have outdoor space and whatever. Yeah. And we've now created a really nice kind of community of friends and families that's the thing is it it takes a change isn't it it takes a few people to start doing that i've got friends who live in brighton done exactly the same as you who kind of like some of them went to like portslade so like that sort of yeah. interland in between the two and then others just gone well let's we're going to do it let's do it let's go for worthing yeah uh, and if en- people start to do it there's a demand for the things that you like isn't there, there? Is. like those yeah. kind of craft beer pubs those like you know sound this is so london poncy but you know the sourdough pizza restaurants you know the kind of like little markers to your your earlier social activities i guess and you'll see i guess you look for different things when you've got kids don't you you do yeah i mean your kind of uh checklist for sort of a good day out is not yes. sort of necessarily like yeah. 
I, I mean, it's like, is there plenty of space for the kids to roam around? Right. Don't want an inter- a nice intimate little space, which right. you would have done like when yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. Ellie and I going out. Yeah. Or anywhere's fine. Mm. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, this is a bit, there's too many people in here. And, um, yeah. Is there a Pizza Express nearby? Otto hasn't had a kip. He's going <laughs> to absolutely cause <laughs> havoc. And that couple there look like they're having yeah. a nice time. So we'll. Yeah, give that one a miss. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's the first thing I say when we go into anywhere now, whether it be a pub, a restaurant, whatever it is, and they say, "Oh, where would you like to sit?" If there's a, well, as far away as possible yeah. from anyone else, outside, not, it's yeah, snowing yeah, outside anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> and not just not just for their benefit, but for mine, because otherwise I will be stressed the entire time I'm here that my son is making a racket, and then I'll be stressed that I'm upsetting other people, and then you can't relax. It's impossible. Yeah, it's true. We um, yeah, we were down in Brighton on on Monday, and we went to. I was like, we can go to somewhere that's like a nice upmarkety sort of lunch place or we can just go to a fish and chip shop and we're going to go to a fish and chip shop because I know that Jackson will like the fish and chip shop because he knows fish and chips he knows what he's dealing with there's no external um, pressures and I won't be getting tense because we're at this nice place and where mm. there's an if you're paying a bit more you feel under pressure to have a good a, a better time somehow yeah actually yeah, the most definitely. you know relaxed lunches and that kind of where there's no pressure it doesn't matter if he's Half his food goes on the floor because it's those fish and chips, isn't it? <laughs> um, John, what, I suppose what we're talking about here are the sacrifices you make as a as a father. You know, like as a parent, in that in that you do there are certain things you do have to give up. Obviously, there's an enormous amount of things that you gain as well. From yeah, clearly from compromise, sacrifice, sacrifice, compromise. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but what what are the other things you would say looking back on it now? And I'm I'm curious in terms of your work as well because I'm wondering if maybe one of the the sort of things that balances out would you would you have created this book for instance and this character if if you weren't a father? Um, that's a hard one to say. I mean, I may well have created the book, but mm. I don't think it would have maybe been as well informed yeah. with my personal experience. Yeah. I mean, Mini Rabbit as a character, and I've kind of sort of said this before in sort of interviews and things is clearly a sort of depiction of me as a child like growing up in the countryside and roaming free Mm. without uh, which I did I was like I grew up on a farm and the farmland was our kind of playground and we would just my brother and I would go off out come back at lunchtime sort of like four or five hours later and we'd come and then off out again for the afternoon Um, but it's more the, like the kind of nitty gritty, like the characteristics of Mini Rabbit and the kind of the sort of tunnel vision, like the narrow minded. Yeah. Um, so just for those people that may not have read the book, yeah, it, the book is about a Mini Rabbit who's making a cake with his mum, and they're missing ingredient berries. The vital ingredient. And he gets it berries. in his head. You cannot do this cake unless we get berries. Yeah. So he just basically travels everywhere looking for berries and perhaps doesn't end up in the right places for berries i think it's the kind of um the main sort of uh point on this story is about how much i've grown to sort of see children not listening at all you just kind of you try to reason with them or give them some advice but if they've got an idea in their head everything else is they're blinkered to it yeah um so the story without giving anything away mini rabbit is very much like that he's he meets people on his journey they try to kind of assist him and it's just like (laughs) no no 
Um, yeah. And obviously there are circumstances of... <laughs> yes. It's nice to make it an endearing quality because I think somebody, that that is something that often frustrates parents about their kids is the fact that they are so single-minded and you think, my God, like, you know, I'm trying to... You're, you're trying to get your child to do something, but they've got something in their mind and they've got to do it. And sometimes, and sometimes that's portrayed as a negative. But I suppose, in the sense of this character and, and in real life, you know, often that's actually quite an endearing quality as well. Yeah, we've walked to, um, we've all must have walked to nursery or wherever and seen another parent coming the other way with their son or daughter in a Spider-Man outfit wearing Wellington boots and you think you've just gone for the easy I'm not yeah, going to resist yeah, I'm not this gonna, this morning <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to let them you wear what they yeah. want if it allows me to get you there without an absolute yeah. meltdown then yeah, yeah exactly you do that. Yeah. exactly um, um, yeah we do <laughs> and you do have to say, you do have to sometimes and I suppose again it's sort of the point of the book isn't it that sometimes you do have to allow a kid to you well, can't I, win every battle I remember my mum saying this to me when I was getting really frustrated my boy Ben not sleeping or something else you know just one of the many things that toddlers do to kind of test boundaries and to try and push you a little bit and she made the very valid point and it's a very simple point but it's not one I think I'd really consider you can't win every battle you have to sort of pick your battles and sometimes you will have to put your foot down and say no you're not doing that and that's the end of it but then there are other times well does it matter is it worth the screaming match? Is it worth, you know, like sometimes just let them have their way. Well, I think you know, again. the sort of one of the most important things is that they kind of need to learn things themselves. Yeah. Like yeah. if you say to them, like, I mean, so Mini Rabbit in this story, it's kind of, he, hopefully he sort of learns a lesson from mm. it. Um, and if you kind of prevent kids from doing that in the first place, it's just like, well, I'll let it run its course and you'll find out for yourself. Mm. Like I won't, say I told yeah. you so yeah, like yeah. I mean you quite often do some, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I take um, too much pleasure in that it's like yeah. oh, you hurt yourself have you oh well I did tell you that, that. that radiator was really hot that, yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah there's somebody like, uh, earlier this morning I was doing um, uh, reading and assigning at foils and mm. afterwards I was chatting to some of the um, parents there and uh, one lady was saying about how she's kind of given up on the idea uh, sort of trying to stop her kids from doing things like clambering on the back of the chair rather than saying careful you don't fall off the back putting that idea into their heads that they potentially could yes. fall is maybe not the best way of approaching yes. so instead she's like make sure you have a nice good steady foot here that's, yeah that's good <laughs> and it's like yeah, that's a, that's a great a kind that, yeah. of um yeah. way of thinking rather than instantly yeah. pointing out the potential negative or danger in yeah. something is like tackle yeah. it another way around Stairs. and just sort of don't yeah. make it all sound negative and frightening I mean like, yeah. they inevitably will bang mm. their heads or yeah. fall over it or mm. but yeah they will it, rather than pointing out the obvious I mean there are other times like when we've got an open fire at home and it's kind of like there really are times where you have to put your foot down and yeah. say like literally if you go Fall, trip into the fire you <laughs> melt yeah. is that the choice of words you yeah. might melt and if you, you will fire. melt but, yeah. but there's and a... we can't put you back together after you melt it <laughs> yeah exactly we've got we've got an open fire as well and uh, Jackson seen me clearing out the ashes in the morning and then he was wanted to help and I hadn't realised that the fire from the night before still there was still Oh, Fortunately, wow. I, I mean, I got there because I, I was like, don't, don't you get dirty. And then as I got there, I saw that, it, that I felt there's some warmth. And you just have to say, do not touch under any circumstances anything in the fire. Not you have to wait till daddy's there to, 
before you can help me. Just don't clear it out. It's the same with the barbecue. We have the barbecues on or off. It's like, don't touch the barbecue. Yeah, rather yeah. than just take that risk. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you just have to say... I, th- I think kids can actually sense when there is a genuine, like, risk. Yeah. In the tone of the parent's yeah. voice, it kind of you, comes across they? as... I think so. Well, they Whereas, look at like, you, the, don't they? If they're on a chair... They look at you. Yeah, there's that look out the side of the eye going, to say, am I, I all right to do here? this, Dad? Yeah. Is Ben downstairs yet? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that. R- 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 race it up. But I think, I think to, to John's point, it, it's, I definitely do that in terms of I pro- perhaps put, inadvertently, I maybe I do put fear into him where he suddenly thinks, I noticed the other day I had him in a playground. Because you're going, stop! Yeah, because I'm like, you know, Ben, you're going to fall over, or whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Um, just almost as an instinctive reaction. And I noticed that I had him at soft play. That was it. I was at a soft play centre. And there were kids the same, similar age as him just flying over these things. You know what it's like in soft play. They're yeah. all bouncing oh. off and clambering up. And Ben was sort of almost inching himself along, like hanging on to the side of this thing. And I kept saying, it's fine, it's fine, come on, let's go. But I think, and you think, well, he's got that from somewhere. Where has he got that from? That's probably from me telling him, don't do that because you'll fall over. And actually, it's interesting. It's not something I'd really considered before, but it's, a, it's an interesting idea. Mm. Mm, it's definitely were, something I'm guilty of. We were down the seafront on Monday, as I say, and Jack's on his scooter, and there were some older kids. So he started to copy them, and they were they were obviously a bit more proficient on their scooters. So we're scooting up one legged, and then he started to copy them. Yeah, it's kind of like resisted the urge to step Just, in and say, "Don't do that," because he's not going to stop because other kids are doing it. And you're like, "Okay, this is sort of you know, he's not going very quick. If anything does happen, he will learn." And you watched him kind of be a slightly more tentative after having a little wobble. And you, yeah, you're right what you say. You kind of you have to. Be a bit if you, I th- yeah, it's it is quite easy, and I know I've done it a lot. Where you just your sort of knee jerk reaction is, oh, don't do that. You're not. Yeah. You're kind of too little to do this, or it's that's not safe. And but yeah, I think with Otto especially, like he's um, we've just been a little more kind of blase about. Is kind of, it's just like just you'll, you'll be kids, fine. That you're a lot tougher than you kind of give them credit. Mm. For. More like, resilient. I mean, I remember the first time like it was handed Evie, and I don't know about you, but yeah. that it was the most surreal, like overwhelming, joyful day. But it was like holding her like she was made out of glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And then I gave her to the midwife to put her sort of first baby girl or nappy on, and she was like. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god, you're going to break a leg!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and you and never believe they're going to be as robust as they turn out to be. It's yeah, they, and they they do they do bounce a lot of the time. But then I, and I think you noticed that with expect. You mean you were mentioning Otto, who's your youngest, right? That, 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 that the so sec- when it came to dressing the, him the for the first time, putting just, his nappy on, th- you kind of you know that they're a bit more robust. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of. They're not going to snap can, because yeah, you put a yeah. put nappy on them. Yeah, know? number two, definitely, in my experience, does not get the close protection <laughs> that number one gets. If, like, food drops on the floor, it's picked up straight back into the hand, not this kind of, like, you know, spray it with hand sanitizer and, you know, make... <laughs> yeah, everyone I've spoken to has had, like, to generally kind of says that yeah. oh, a lot of the, the sort of rabbit in the headlights yeah. of yeah. number one kind of... Okay. I mean, well, I'm, I'm third of four, so I mean, for me, you know, it was just basically I was, I was <laughs> left to it. In fact, my, my <laughs> younger brother, my younger brother, who's a fourth of four, he um, in his in his wedding speech, I think he said, tongue in cheek, 
uh, that he would like to thank my mum and dad, but basically being the fourth or four, he pretty much raised himself. So, you know, it's, kind of <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Which I think there's an element of truth to it. Probably. But it's not, yeah. it's not all bad, you know, in the sense that you do get, you, there's a lot of benefits from being the, the second or the third or the fourth kid as well, I think. Well, he was probably raised quite a bit by you three, yeah, the exactly. three of you yeah, above yeah. him. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned as well that Otto, that he's, he's perhaps, you know, kind of advanced further along than he might have done because he's got an, an and I'm sure that comes from it because they, they sort of tend to sort of refer to their peers more mm. than like so if he sees Evie kind of mm. drawing or writing he's more inclined I think to kind of want to do that himself yeah. than if yeah. we were to kind of yes like, Otto let's do some drawing or he yeah. just yeah. it's like because they're, they're on a similar wavelength they're kind of yeah oh right somebody nearer to my age and height and yes can do something like that and it sort of intrigues them a bit more and they think they can do that yeah so i think you can make a certain we're sort of we're concluding that you can make a few decisions for your kids but you can't make all the decisions for your kids and there's a you just have to kind of put them in a what you think is the best environment for them and then the rest as we were saying uh, before we start recording, Rich said, "You know, is is they're gonna they're gonna be what they're gonna be." Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of, and it's like I said before. It's like there's something. F- Again, I hadn't really considered this until we a guest we had on recently, that American uh, dad blogger. Um, yeah, yeah, James. James, thank you. Um, he pointed out that it is actually, when you think about it, quite narcissistic to assume that the the fate of this child that you've brought into the world is dependent on you. Well, it's not. Your your job is to look after them and protect them and love them and yeah. do the best you can for them. But the idea that their their entire fate is dependent on what you do, well, that's that is a bit narcissistic, mm. and it's a bit it's a bit nonsensical, really. So I, I I'm I think I'm I'm kind of clinging on to that in the sense that it almost takes the pressure off slightly, where you realise, okay, all I'm here to do is to keep you safe and loved, and yeah. looked after. Keep us, yeah, yeah. I'm not actually here. You like, know, your fate is not purely determined yeah. by what I do or I'm not don't your do. Career mentor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, 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 that genuinely makes me feel better when I think about it that way because you think, okay, yeah, actually, you are a little human being, and you are, you know, you, you are going to have self determination. They to- the older they get, like the more and more of their own character that starts coming mm. out, and you're like, this is totally like nature. We're not. We've nurtured you in a certain way, mm. but your own personalities are like totally shining through. And, they're and s- kids are different. They're so different. Yeah. Not yeah. nobody is the same. And yeah. it would be totally boring if they were. Like, yeah. And the, I bet um, your two kids are completely different personalities from each other. You think, oh, well, we're like exactly the same. It, you know, but they go their own way. Trying to get them, like, I mean, luckily they were both, they took to our kind of way of wanting to get them to sleep like they're quite strict kind of okay let them cry for a while and they both got that quite luckily yeah um but other things like eating like trying to sort of feed them anything and everything like evie was always good otto so picky it's ridiculous yeah. and it's like it's not that we're treating we're no. treating them exactly the same. There's, there's something in in ground in him that just yeah that's his personality and it's we kind of have to accept that and rather than be like no you must eat the salad as well like because yeah. evie did <laughs> yeah 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 so like playing them off of each other if listening don't worry don't worry if you're going through this kind of like trying to make them do something it doesn't matter yeah they're no. gonna be what they're gonna be they're, they gonna, they're gonna sleep or they're not gonna sleep they're gonna eat or they're not gonna eat yeah the, the chances are they're gonna be an all right adult yeah. because look around you We've all been through it. 
I guess. I guess, yeah. And they, they, they'll all get there in the end. I mean, everyone, each kid goes at their own pace. I've said before, I think the idea of, you know, when you read about milestones and whatnot, I, I think that's so unhelpful. I think it's actually borderline dangerous, the idea that at, you know, at 67 weeks, your child will be doing Should X, be Y, and Z. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Why? You know, the, 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 not every kid does it at the same time. That, no. that might be an average. It might be a mean. I have no idea. It, but the idea that you would put that pressure on not only the child, but the parent as well, I yeah. find Jackson, absurd. Jackson was walking at 10 months, and Iris is six months. She is going to have to do some fast developing if she wants to be walking <laughs> at 10 months. <laughs> she, she is not even crawling at the moment. She's going to have to just get out of her cot and start strolling yeah. around. So, you know, different kids, different different things happen. It's like adults, isn't it? It's just like growing yeah, up. Exactly. You know, we all I, I, find our way at different points in our life. Yeah. And the same, with the, same with kids. I mean, like, if a kid's not walking until they're, like, almost... I don't know, like three or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do. Like a lot of people probably will be frowning at because it it's not. Yeah. Oh, they should have been walking by this month, yeah. and it's like. Yeah. But then they probably will start walking, or they've exceeded in something else mm. at an early rate. There's no. Mm. If that said, so, yeah. Mini Rabbit is pretty self-sufficient he's pretty <laughs> adventurous for the size of rabbit he for, is yeah so uh, you know if you want to find out just how adventurous he is I, I recommend getting a copy <laughs> of the book because uh, uh, it's beautiful um, we'll put a picture up on the on the website uh, you, yeah, you'll, you'll have a look um, absolutely yeah I think we've, we've, we're probably coming towards the end of our time actually. do you know the one question I wanted to ask you John because we we've um we we touched upon the fact that your your kids are at school. Yeah. Um, how aware are your kids of what you do now for a living? Um, because it must be because obviously there's obviously all those conversations. What do mummy and daddy do for a job? And when they say, "Oh, my daddy," what do they you know? Do they know? Daddy writes children's books now. Is that they? Do, yeah, I've kind of. I think when I first started writing it and bringing home sort of draft versions of it to kind of gauge their feedback. Mm. Um. I don't think they really got it because it's not a physical item in, that they've yeah. seen in a shop or whatever. So n- now when the book came out back in September, and I know Ellie took the kids into the local Waterstones in Worthing and it, I think there was a moment for them to sort of just be like, that's like, they were mega proud of me. Brilliant. Like, and they that's came nice. along to the talk at Falls earlier. And Brilliant. like my daughter afterwards, like Ellie said, oh, Evie was actually quite anxious for it, I think. Like before you went up on the stage, and, oh, and it was like, sweet. oh, sweet. Um, <laughs> That's ace, <isn't> it? <laughs> yeah, it's like beyond, like, I, it's to see their faces, like, when they, and Evie's taken a copy of, or her personal copy of the book into school and mm-hmm. stuff, and is so proud of mm-hmm. it. And I think now that it's a physical object, yeah. all of the time I was working on it and stuff, I don't think they kind of really yeah. got it. You're making me and Rich feel bad because I can't really yeah. take a copy of the Daily Mirror yeah. at home no, no. Uh, well, with the could. same sense of pride. Yeah. Um, not, well, maybe Steve, the, I'll find a particular. We're in the Daily Mirror offices. Yeah, well, <laughs> of course we have pride in our products. Well, I have. Yeah, bosses, it's, not, it's not a kids' book. Really. <laughs> yeah. Not for children. Some of the yeah. subject matter in there. Yeah, no, that's true. No, no, we would just sort of be flicking it. Get flicking a nice picture. The on the, nice illustrated picture on the front. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the goal. And that's the goal. John, thank you very much again for for coming in. Um, that's been really, really interesting, fascinating actually. Because um, it's you know, it's, it's just good to talk to our dad a bit further down the line than us. Yeah, and uh, you know, feel that it's actually all going to be all right. 
you know, because yeah. Rich and I will just, as anyone <laughs> who listens to podcasts, tell you, we just spend our time worrying about if it's going to be all right. Yeah, which is ironic because then we do end up at the end of every podcast saying to people, don't worry, it's all fine. Um, and I, we, I need to start sort of practicing what I'm preaching here a little mm. bit because I worry about stuff way too much. But it's interesting as well, you know, just uh, there that the three of us are sitting and talking and we're clearly all on a similar wavelength in terms of what we think about when we think about parenting. And so many different guests we've had on, you know, people like yourself who are authors, illustrators, experts in various scientific fields, you know, celebrities, the various guests we've had on the podcast, everyone tends to have a, quite a similar outlook, really, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because you don't always get that impression. Yeah, we haven't yet had anyone that doesn't care about being a parent. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that that's, would a, be a, maybe check, that's yeah. a guest we should <laughs> try and track down. <laughs> yeah. Someone that doesn't wow. care about their kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are such a person, you want to get in contact, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. then please do drop us an email. Yeah, if you want to be a guest on the t- on that show title, <laughs> I really don't care about my kids. That, that would be brilliant. Actually. Well, I think just quickly, I mean, it was, it was something you mentioned earlier before mm. we came in here about how like people on Instagram particularly who kind of put this facade on of mm. um, this perfect life with their kids. It's not natural. Like, no. I know some people who do kind of um, photos like that behind the scenes you know that they have the same kind of meltdowns and the (laughs) arguments between each Mm. other and it's i think that is very misleading and you just have to kind of look at part and you think okay that's a lovely photo but i know that you're going through the same struggles because nobody that i know with kids has had it that easy that perfect all the time it's i'd say it's impossible yeah i mean our yeah. wives listen to this so we have to be slightly careful about how uh, yeah. how rose tinted oh, some because and how yeah. great a pair of dads we sound because i'm no, pretty no, sure they'll have their own views <laughs> on uh, my wife puts up with an awful lot let me tell you i mean it's it's a really good point as well about the whole kind of the presentation of parenting perfection that you get on certain bits of social media or wherever it may be because it is a it is a thing and i've i've said before i think i might have said it on the podcast before there are times particularly when ben is going absolutely loopy and i'm sitting there thinking is this even normal like the other people actually have to put up with this because he is driving me up the bloody wall he's going absolutely insane about nothing and what i want at that point is some sort of YouTube video that shows me a thousand other kids of his age and his his stage in development who are all doing the same thing. That's all I want. Because then I could look at that and say, and that would make me feel better. It would take all the stress out of it because you think, ah, oh, okay, right, everyone else is doing the same thing. Fine. Yeah. But instead you end up on Instagram and you watch somebody with their like beautiful child <laughs> being beautiful. And it just it's the opposite of what you need at that point, isn't it? You just need a, you need everyone else to go, yeah, 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 we're there too. Well, if you're coming to perfect, if you're coming looking for perfect parenting, the first time dad podcast <laughs> yeah, is not you. the place to be. <laughs> but you probably got there if you if you've been listening for a while. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, right. We should probably leave it there actually because we've been talking for ages. Um, John, uh, one last plug for the book. Mini yep. Rabbit, not lost. Mini Rabbit, not lost. By John Bond, available in all good bookshops as well as online retailers who don't pay their tax. <laughs> <laughs> John didn't say that just to, just to clarify <laughs> John would like to distance himself from that last comment <laughs> uh, John thanks again for coming in thank um, you very much and thanks to everybody for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time cheers cheers, cheers.